grace to you and peace from the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, whose Advent we celebrate these four weeks. I've been thinking about doors and gates. Doors and gates. They're both mentioned in that text we heard from Psalm 24 a bit ago. In verses 7 and 8, it says, Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Doors and gates. If you were to think back over the last week or so, would you be able to make a list of all of the doors that you have walked through in that last week? Are all of the gates that you've approached and maybe gone through or gone out of over the last week? Maybe the doors include doors in your own home, doors at the office, doors at the grocery store as you're bringing your goodies and and, uh, Christmas supplies out of the store to the door of your car. Maybe it's the doors of the church. What doors have you gone through this last week? What gates have you approached? Maybe you have a gate in your yard that you open occasionally. Maybe you have uh, had to go through a gate to get into a parking structure for some event you were attending. Or maybe you have one of those security gates at your gated community for which you need uh, a gate code to be able to enter. I have to tell you a little story about one of those gates, gated communities. To visit somebody one time, and they had given me the gate code in advance to be able to get through the security gate of their gated community. And so I drive up to the little machine and I punch in the gate code. Nothing happens. Maybe I did it wrong. I did it again. Nothing happens. I did it probably about four or five times. Nothing happened. So I pulled out of there and I got my phone. I called the person and I realized I was at the wrong gate. In fact, I was at the wrong community. It was the next one over. They were right next to each other, but I went to the wrong one. It doesn't help to go to the gate and even have to have the right code if it's the wrong gate. You're still locked out. Doors. Have you ever locked yourself out of your car or your home? All right, I'm going to tell another embarrassing story. I one time, not years ago, locked myself out of my house. Talk about embarrassing. I had locked my keys in the house. I think I was already at work. I needed to get going to get to an activity, and so I called the locksmith. But I had my cell phone on me. I called a locksmith who came pretty quickly, believe it or not. And the scary thing is, he had the door of my house open in less than 10 seconds. I'm not kidding. It was amazing. You just hope that locksmiths are honest people, <laughs> you know. But it, I was so glad he could get my door open so I could enter into my own home get my keys so I could enter into my vehicle and drive to work. Gates and doors. Psalm 24 
mentions gates and doors. It's, it's a psalm that was written by King David, and it may very well have been written for the return of the Ark of the Covenant being brought back to the tabernacle that David had set up in Jerusalem. That story is found in 2 Samuel chapters 5 and 6. You might want to read that this week, 2 Samuel chapters 5 and 6. The tabernacle had been taken by the Philistine armies, but then it was uh, brought and put into the home of a faithful man and kept there for about 20 years. But now King David had conquered Jerusalem. The Jebusites used to live there. He conquered Jerusalem. He defeated the Philistine armies, and he brought the ark to Jerusalem to put it in the tabernacle. This is before the temple had been built, of course. He returned the ark of God back to its rightful place. And if you remember anything about the ark of the covenant, Raiders of the Lost Ark notwithstanding, it was, of course, God's special box, which very much indicated His very real presence among the people. It contained such things as the tablets of the Ten Commandments God had given Moses. Moses' staff was in there. It stood for the presence of God among the people. So it was highly significant that David returned the tabernacle, excuse me, the ark to the tabernacle in Jerusalem. Now, this Psalm number 24 may very well also have been used later on in reenactments of the return of the ark to Jerusalem. As worshipers would gather and, and reenact this entire thing, you can just about hear them speaking or singing the words responsively back and forth. The first part of this psalm, by the way, calls God's people to worship the Lord with sincere hearts, honoring God as the creator of all things and the savior of the people. I didn't read these opening six verses. Let me read them now just to give you that flavor of the opening of the psalm. It says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. That's the first part of the psalm. It's a call to worship the Lord with sincerity of heart. But it's the second part that talks about gates and doors. And the second part personifies those gates and doors as if they could do things like human beings could do them. It personifies specifically the gates and doors of the city of Jerusalem. It basically is saying that the gates and doors of Jerusalem are to lift up their heads, which is a way of saying they are to honor the one who is about to enter the coming Lord, the King of glory, whose presence is indicated by the Ark of the Covenant. And so as I read these words again, 
you can almost hear the singing of the worshipers approaching the walls of Jerusalem and calling out for the gates to open up and to give honor to the Lord Almighty, the King of glory, the one who truly deserves the praise for having brought victory over the enemies of Israel. Here it is once again. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. And as David pens this psalm and turns it to a song sung responsively, he knows that his successes in battle were not due to his own might or military acumen. He knew that the Lord was the true warrior, that the Lord was the one who fought the battles, that the Lord is the one who gave the victory. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Last November, as many of you know, my wife and I led a tour to Israel. And all throughout Israel, we saw lots and lots gates and doors. I want to show some pictures of just a few of the gates we saw in Jerusalem, in the walls of Jerusalem. This particular first one is called Lion's Gate. It's the, a northeast entrance into the old city of Jerusalem. It's the Lion's Gate because it actually has some lions uh, in stone above the, the archway there. The second one I want to show you is called the Damascus Gate. This is on the north side of the old city of Jerusalem, and it's an entrance into what's called the Muslim Quarter of the old city, Damascus Gate. This next picture is called the Dung Gate, probably because it was where the refuse was taken out of this in biblical times. But when you go through the Dung Gate, you then go through a very highly secure gate because this is the only entrance into the Temple Mount area. So security is very high just past the Dung Gate. Once you get into the Mount area, you can go to the southern wall of the Temple Mount area, and one of the gates we saw is called the Hulda Gate, Hulda, H-U-L-D-A. It's actually five gates, a double gate to the west and this triple gate to the east. This, this if you go back one picture, notice that these gates are all walled up. These gates would have been there when Jesus was there because these walls were built by King Herod the Great. These gates would have been the gates that you use to go into the temple area. Now, let's, if we can show the next picture, this is a, a photo that I took of a sign outside the, those steps that you just saw showing what the Holda gates might have looked like back in Jesus' day. Uh, the three that we showed just a moment ago would be the three on the right, the triple gate, uh, 
And the two on the left, the double gate, are currently covered up by a Muslim mosque, the Al-Aqsa Mosque. But in biblical times, you would enter the Temple Mount area through the triple gate on the right. You would exit the Temple Mount area through the double gates on the left. Those gates are the very gates that Jesus would have entered the Temple Mount area when he was a 12-year-old boy. And his parents didn't know where he was. And they came looking for him. They would have gone through those doors as well. Those would have been the gates Jesus and his disciples would have used to go into the temple area where Jesus was teaching and where Jesus overturned the tables of the money changers. The next photo is just a picture of our group standing in front of those Hulda gates that Jesus would have used. But the last set of photos I want to show you are probably the most significant gate that we saw. Because this next one is called the Golden Gate. It's that part of the wall that is sticking up right in the middle of the photo. This photo was taken from the Garden of Gethsemane, which is at the foot of the Mount of Olives, looking westward, and that wall is the east wall of the Temple Mount area. That particular gate, the Golden Gate, looked upon by Israelis today and Jewish people today as the gate through which Messiah will enter the city when he comes. But notice it's all blocked up with stone. And right in front of it is a Muslim cemetery. The other side of that gate is, is what the next picture shows. From the inside, that's what it looks like. And inside that gate, that wall, is a Muslim mosque. The Muslims intentionally want to prevent the Jewish Messiah from coming through the Golden Gate. But perhaps what is significant is that the original Golden Gate that stood there would have been the gate that Jesus used to enter the city on Palm Sunday. The next photo shows a model of the first century Jerusalem a scale model. You can see compared to the size of the men standing there, it's much smaller. It shows the, the Jewish temple uh, in the middle of the Temple Mount area, but the gate closest to us at the bottom of the photo is the Golden Gate. The gate that Jesus would have ridden in into uh, Jerusalem while riding a donkey on that holy Sunday. He rides into Jerusalem to the hosannas and the praises of the Galilean pilgrims and others. Hosanna to the son of David. And I can't help but wonder if some of those Palm Sunday worshipers didn't have the words of Psalm 24 in mind as well. As they were coming into the golden gate, did they say to themselves, lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? Many people were asking, who is riding on this donkey? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. He is the King of glory. You see, friends, if I may use the term, adventually, adventually, Jesus fulfills Psalm 24. 
Jesus is that King of glory. He is that Lord mighty in battle. For when he rode into the city of Jerusalem that Sunday morning, he knew that it would end on Friday with him dying on a cross. But that would be the place where victory was accomplished. For there he would give his life as payment for the sins of the world and accomplish salvation for humankind. And on the third day, rise again alive from the dead, truly victorious over the worst of enemies, far worse than Philistines, far worse than Jebusites, victory over death, sin, Satan, and hell itself. The Lord Almighty in battle. Who is this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, Jesus, the King of glory. What does this mean for us in this Advent season here in 2023, Scottsdale, Arizona? Well, let me say it this way, friends. In thinking about gates and doors, our hearts, our lives, if you will, are gates and doors. And don't we all too easily lock out the things of God? We lock out his word. We lock out his call on our lives. Perhaps we even at times lock out his offer of grace. And we try to do it on our own. Friends, Advent is a call to fling wide the portals of our hearts that the Lord Almighty who has won the victory for us may enter in anew. Advent is a time where we're called to repentance and genuine faith. Advent is a call to lift up our heads and to praise our King of glory, the Lord Almighty, our Savior, Jesus. So let me ask you, open or shut? Locked or unlocked? How is it? with the gate of your heart. As a prayer, I read the words of the final stanza of our hymn for tonight. We pray. Redeemer, come and open wide my heart to thee. Abide. O enter with thy grace divine. Thy face of mercy on me shine. Thy Holy Spirit guide us on until our glorious goal is won. Eternal praise and fame we offer to thy name. Amen. And may the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and your minds open and in Christ Jesus. Amen.